Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Today's episode is sponsored by my Lit Daily Online Yoga Classes. This is an exclusive pass into my personal practice and program that I created from experience as a physical therapist and 20 years developing my lit yoga methodology. There is a different class with me every day, including special monthly live streams, so you can feel your most lit up anytime and anywhere. Get a three-day free trial today by going to movementbylara.com and clicking daily classes. Let's get moving. Good movement, and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a Movement by Laura podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through safer and stronger movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings everywhere. Today's podcast is really about effective movement strategies and some recommendations I have in terms of adding certain movement patterns and techniques into whatever movement practice that you're doing. And this could be as a runner, as a person at the gym lifting weights, and then certainly addressing all my yoga people. And that is for adding eccentric training into your work. So eccentric training, what is that? It is a, every, every type of movement um, has different requirements. There's stability and there's mobility that's happening. And then there's all kinds of neurological stuff is, that's happening as well. Proprioception and we need neuromuscular control and the full range of motion within a uh, different joints. So that's all contributes to movement. But when movement happens, when we have static and dynamic um, stability and then mobility, we need to have different forms of contractions happening. So muscles will contract to create some kind of force and it can be they're they're contracting um, and shortening. So if you're pulling up like a bicep curl is a really good example. You're pulling up something toward you and that's a concentric muscular contraction. The muscle belly shortens. Um, then you have where if you had something you were lowering to the ground, the bicep would then be um, lengthening and controlling this descent. And that's called eccentric activation or um, contraction. And then we have this stabilization, which is also known as isometric. So in, in many ways, we... It's pretty easy to figure out when we're using the muscles um, in, in a concentric form, but it, eccentric has a lot of value to it. And um, there's been so much research done for athletic performance and, and certainly after rehabilitation, like as a physical therapist, we've studied this and learned about it. Um, when somebody's coming back, say after like an ACL repair that's at the knee, we often will start with slow eccentric loading um, muscular contractions. And there's reasons for that. But what I would say is everyone needs to implement more of this eccentric type of contraction in their program. 
because there's a real value to it, to be able to control a lowering or a descent is really, really important. And in yoga, what I see when I've, over the years of teaching and and practicing, um, I've witnessed a lot of people who lack that ability. They move uh, very quickly in the lowering. So it could be like if you were in a warrior three, for instance, and you lower your hands to the floor, there's this just dropping the hands into the floor and not any control from the legs, from the hamstrings, from the glutes, controlling the hands coming down to the floor because they're the muscle is getting lengthened, right? It's getting lengthened. You can feel the stretch. But to as the load of your torso and your arms are coming down, it needs to control that. So you don't just splat your hands down. And that's called eccentric control. There's a lot of benefit to that. And I see in yoga where that is not um, cued enough. A big place I see in yoga, and I'm going to give this example, and then I'm going to back up a little bit. Um, tell you some of the other benefits of eccentric. But the big thing I see in yoga is when people are jumping back directly into chaturanga. And I've never loved this. And it's, um, I think it's, I don't know if it's just Ashtanga started that, but it's carried over into many vinyasa practices where you am in a sun salutation where you bring your hands to the floor after you're after you folded forward, and then as you jump your feet back, you at simultaneously bend your elbows and land in chaturanga. Now, I have discussed why I don't like that in other ways, like in terms of you are able, you should be able to jump back without bending your elbows and be able to control your torso. So you're not, the, the argument is, oh, you should never jump back into a plank. Well, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> okay. You can, you should be able to jump back to plank without a problem because if you have core stability, there's a lot of evenness to that and control. Jumping back right into chaturanga is actually way more um, challenging on the joints and you lose, here's my big argument for it. You lose the practice of eccentrically lowering yourself, which develops a different set of, it, it's an as as important as concentrically, but it develops a different way of d- challenging the muscle. So when you're lowering to the floor from plank into chaturanga or all the way to the ground, and those of you who, aren't, who are not into yoga, this would be the equivalent of like a narrow push-up where your hands are right under your shoulders and you're lowering. When you do this slowly with control, you are eccentrically activating your triceps The triceps are really important for controlling the lowering and they help to stabilize the humerus, the humeral head. So that's a very important thing to be able to do, be able to lower with control so you get that stability in the the shoulder and you get that strength in your triceps in a different way, in that lengthening way. And you also get a little bit of the eccentric work of the pecs. It's not as much because your hands aren't as wide as they would be in other forms of push-ups, but you still are slowing down the descent of the of the um, body, of the torso, and the chest has more stretch to it than it does, say, when you then push yourself back up. So if you're on the floor and you push the floor away, you're working the triceps concentrically and you're working the pecs a little bit concentrically as well. 
And so it's really good to vary the movement between those two, but really be able to do the eccentric because there's a lot of advantages to that. There's neuromuscular advantages because you're being able to control, you're being able to control your core and you're really being able to control the extremity, which in this case is your upper limb, your upper arm, but there's other examples of it. So I would say in yoga, really start practicing that and recognizing this is super, super, super valuable because this is a great way to get strong. And that there, there's a lot of ways of, quote, getting strong. And if we're going to do this without body weight, I mean, without um, lifting weights, we using our own body weight, we need to be able to uh, load ourselves and then have eccentric strength. This is a great starting strength. And it's a very important foundational strength to have. When you're more effective at um, increasing your eccentric strength than concentric training will do, you will be more effective at it. And when that, when you practice eccentric strengthening, you're going to be more effective at that, increasing it more than you could even concentrically. And your joints need this the joint is where two bones come together and all the tissues around that need that kind of a stiffening of the muscle to a musculotendinous junction around it to control for the strength properties to happen. In other words, getting back to the lowering from, from a plank going into like a chaturanga, if you don't have that eccentric control in your triceps, your triceps are losing some of their ability to control the humeral head which is giving the joint some stiff, some stiffness. And I mean this in a good way. The joint integrity is another way of think of it. So the eccentric loading and work is really, really important for joint health. You know, this is, so it's not just about getting strong, but it's also about protecting the joint. We also need to, um, this is going to be important for the legs as well. So getting back to the example of the warrior three or airplane where you're on one leg. So one-legged strength and one-legged control, um, being on one leg is, is really, really important. So let's assume you're in warrior three or an airplane. And so that would look like your, let's say your left leg is on the floor and your right leg is back. So your pelvis is pretty neutral, hopefully, and you're at like a 90 degree angle. And you can have some bend in that left leg. And what I would advise is bring your hands on either side of your pelvis and then start to bend your left knee and sit back into the glute. And then slowly without rounding your back. So this is this is putting the load into the posterior chain, into the hamstring, into the glute. Slowly bring your hand down toward the floor. So you're hinging at the hips, sitting back. And that is controlling, that is it. So you don't just land the hand, there is control that's required, that eccentric firing of the hamstring and the glute, especially with the leg a little bit straighter. It doesn't have to be all the way straight, but towards straighter is going to really work that even more because it's where the muscle is really lengthening. And then you stand back up, you've preloaded your glute, so to speak, by by lowering. So you've, that, think of an elastic band, you stretch it and then it pulls back together. And that's essentially what you're doing. You're sitting back into your glute, preloading it, and then you rise up on that one leg, so that left leg, and come up to vertical and bring the right knee to the belly. So I do this a lot in my yoga teaching. 
And everything I do essentially has a reason for it. There's nothing random. But I started adding in much, many more of these eccentric challenges because I know from my physical therapy background how important it is to have this well-rounded movement experience where you're putting a variety of demand on the on the muscles in terms of making them fire and then making them fire in a variety of ways. So when the muscle is lengthening versus when the muscle is shortening, which would be concentric, as well as firing when the muscle is just holding and not moving, which is the isometric or stability. So we need all of that. One is called dynamic stability and one is more of a passive stability. So the eccentric control is is has been found to be incredibly, incredibly important for injury prevention and then even coming back from in, from an injury. So you will find that if you were to go into PT after having some kind of musculoskeletal injury, very likely you'll start with some kind of eccentric contractions. And this really will help you um, learn to stabilize at the joint. The eccentrics have been shown to improve strength, to improve power, to improve speed. And um, these perf- the performance is better than in concentric training or other traditional modalities that are applied in, f- in the physical therapy world. There's really significant um, differences in force generation and absorption, like when you land and come back up, when you include eccentric training. So this is, when you're running, you're already getting um, some automatic eccentric training, but you can add more to it. So loading um, the Achilles tendon, and when you land and you spring up again, it's the land and the controlled descent and the push off that is eccentric loading and then pushing off concentrically. So really developing the strength there is important. So calf raises, they have like you lower with control. So that's an eccentric calf raise. It's like kind of, it's called the negative as well. And you're getting, because again, eccentric is where the muscle is lengthening. So think there's a there's force being generated. And it's not like you're stre- you're going in passively stretching. So if you did a calf stretch, you would be lengthening the calf. But this is lowering against some kind of force, so like gravity. So if you were working on an eccentric calf strength, you would put your um, toes on the edge of a step and then focus on lowering slowly and then pushing off and rising up on the toes and then lowering slowly. But you're controlling the descent just like you were controlling the descent in a push-up. So all these have a lot, a lot, a lot of validity to them and really will help with your elastic um, and reactive strength, it's called. So that if you have just think about it this way logically. If you have strength in both directions, meaning as the, the, the as the muscle um, lengthens and as the muscle shortens, if you have strength in both directions, you're going to have much more integrity around the joint, and that's what we're always aiming for. So I would add these two things for sure. If you're in yoga, adding some kind of one-legged lowering the hand to the floor in a in a I know it's called something, I've, now I'm forgetting what it's called in the gym, but it's like a one-legged squat, but your left, say you're on that left leg, the left leg is 
pretty straight to, as you do it. So you feel the stretch, quote unquote, but you're, it's controlling the load of your torso down and then coming all the way back up. So you're coming up concentrically, firing your hamstring and glute a little bit more. Then I would add that. And then I would definitely add the lowering slowly from plank. And what I often will tell people is lower, come into plank, lower your knees, and then lower, bend the elbows like a third of the way and really do it slowly and then straighten and then lower a third of the way and then straighten and work on this beginning eccentric control. So at the top end, because actually that part is really hard. That's why people rush through it. Stop rushing to the ground and diving to the ground with your shoulders because you're not giving your triceps the ability to fire eccentrically and they're not going to be able to help give the, the shoulder joint the integrity that it needs. And then finally, if you're a runner or um, doing anything at the gym as well, you can always add weights to any of these things if you're going to the gym and working, but doing those um, lowering of the calves and lifting. So you're lowering with control, you're hanging off the edge of a step, and then you're lifting and getting more. And you will get, I will, let me just add this, you will get more muscle soreness originally from from doing this type of thing. So I always say, think about when I'm explaining um, the eccentric work, when you hike a mountain and you go up and then you go down and the next day you feel like you can't walk because your quads are so sore. So the quads are sore because of the l- walking down the hill, not the walking up. Because when you're walking down the hill, your quadricep is actually lengthening. It's not shortening, but it's slowing down the femur moving way forward as you, so you wouldn't just be like plummeting down the hill. So it's controlling that, but you get a lot more sore with eccentric work. So just be aware of that as well, that you will have, uh, you know, some, some more, from some more soreness possibly. Uh, But the studies have shown your body can tolerate something like almost two times more weight eccentrically than it can concentrically. So it's that downward portion of the exercise. And like if you were lowering down into a squat, you could put weight on and you really slow that down. And then you have the the concentric of coming back up. It it just, it's not, I think it's not valued enough. And it's certainly in the yoga world, I don't think it's valued enough to work on that slowing, that going down power but it's really important because again, it's so important for injury prevention, for overall strength, and then for performance. You will, your body will adapt much more when there's more stress, good stress put upon it. And your body will adapt to it. And the, the recruitment of the muscle fibers will make your, the sarcomeres, I don't want to get too technical, but everything will be stronger. It just makes much sense. If you're kind of pulling in all the ways and you're adapting to that, then you're going to have a lot more overall strength and overall protection for the joint. So I think this is hopefully um, giving you some idea of why you should be working to do more eccentric stuff. You're going to have stronger connective tissue. You're going to feel overall more balanced in your body, neuromuscularly. You're going to be more efficient as well, because when you train eccentric portions, you're, you're learning how to use your energy well. So you're not just sinking into something and losing it, but you're really holding on to it. So your strength will improve, your ability to move well will improve your, your efficiency. 
and um, you'll you'll generate more power because you're going to have the power both in the negatives, which is that slowing down, and then that response ultimately of kind of that kinetic energy going back into the concentric um, part of it. So it really is the it's it's the gateway to have better form, better strength, better mo- movement, and long-term happiness of movement too, because you're, you're taking care of like all the different things that make good movement, uh, good, you know, the, the static, the static and dynamic stability, the full range of motion, the neuromuscular control of the extremities, the, um, the confidence, and then the old overall just athleticism that you're going to have in your body, no matter what you're working on, whether it's running, or at the gym, or doing yoga. So get those eccentrics going, and I hope you liked this, and I hope you will share it with others. And if you have any questions, feel free to ask me. And if you want to learn um, these type of things, this is what I teach in my teacher training. I teach all of the how, what, why, when, and and then the doing. So every one of my flows is made up by me, um, and as a new teacher, that's one of the things that people really freak out about is they might learn some stuff in yoga teacher training and then they leave and then they don't know how to teach. And so not only do I teach you how to teach because I'm giving you the knowledge nuggets, but then I give you already already formed um, flows. So I have 10 flows for each uh, 200 hour teacher training that you go home with. And I explain from the very beginning to the very end the whys, why we're doing it, why we're doing it in that order. And all of it has this type of logic to it. There's eccentric loading, there's isometric holds, there's learning how to increase the demand, there's learning how to work your core to, for more efficiency, for more breath control, being able to go into an inversion, why that's important and why anyone can do that. I have 78-year-olds who are doing inversions. There's So all of that you learn in my teacher training. So check that out at movementbylara.com. I still have some space in my upcoming 200-hour in Princeton, New Jersey at my home studio. All right, enough of that. Check it out and leave me any um, emails, uh, write me any emails with questions about this podcast or any other questions you have. And always let me know about subjects you'd like to hear about because I'm open to talking about it all. So thanks, move well, and I'm sending hugs from me to you. 